Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This edition of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and the people at Bet Online. With NFL bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and information. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today on the Patriots Report, my co-host Chris Hogan and I take a look back at the loss to Buffalo, a look ahead at the regular season finale against the Jets. We also take a look at Bill Belichick's future in New England, maybe some draft strategy as well. That's all up right now, only on the Patriots Report. Chris, same old song for the Patriots this week, at least on offense. You cannot continue to turn the ball over and hope to win football games, especially against a team like the Bills. The defense, I'll say this, man, the defense kept them in this game and kept them in it early, forcing them to kick field goals as opposed to score touchdowns. But in the end, it just wasn't enough. I mean, we kind of we talked about it last week, really was like, which which Buffalo Bills team is going to show up? And I think we got the team that we wanted to show up and, and giving ourselves the best chance to, you know, keep ourselves in the game. And already, you know, we, we did, I mean, we turned the ball over four times and we were still in the game the entire, the entire time. Uh, but like you said, you know, I mean, it, you turn the ball over four times. It's, it's tough to win football games. Um, you know, I thought, yeah, listen, yeah, the kid made a really good play on the pick six. He jumped the slant route. He took a chance. Um, you know, are you going to put some of that on the receiver? Are you going to put that on the quarterback? You know, there, I mean, there, there are a lot of things. You know, the missed sight adjust. You know, I I credit that to being a, a young receiver that hasn't really had that much experience in sight adjustments. Uh, probably something that they haven't done a ton of. He's not out there by himself a ton he's usually in the slot so like you know those are things that like at this point in the season you know where we're at I mean that's a, this is it's a learning you know we're gonna learn from that he's gonna learn from that um you know and I would be we'd probably be saying a lot differently if it was a veteran receiver and we were you know going trying to go to playoffs I mean that's a much bigger mistake right young kid hasn't been on the on the single side by himself really all year. I mean, he's pretty much primarily, he's just been in the slot. So, you know, I guess the side adjustment, you know, and, and, but those are the types of things, you know, that's like, that's that offense, right. It's just kind of inexperienced. Um, haven't really had that much opportunity to see these sort of things. They've definitely seen it in practice. I know that they've gone over this stuff. Um, but again, it's different in real time. Right. And um you know, credit to the defense again, man. I mean, playing without some guys again, you know, Jabil wasn't out there who's really just been a staple for this defense of kind of keeping things together and making plays, but had some guys step up, make some big plays, um, you know, kept Josh Allen on his, on his toes the entire game. And, um, you know, for a game that Buffalo needed to come out and play really well and win a football game, you know, New England gave them their best shot. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, kind of, same story, different week, you know, just 
costly mistakes, costly the football game. And, you know, that's just kind of really where we're at, you know, with this football team this year. And um, again, you know, I think there, I think there are things to build off of. I think there are guys that are playing better football, um, but just not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder one of the things that struck me to your point about being able to build off certain things and young guys playing well and the learning curve and all that. I saw Christian Barmore get more attention than he ever has all year coming off his three sack game against Denver. I also saw pop Douglas with defensive backs starting to get physical with him. And mm -hmm. I'll make the baseball analogy here with both of those guys where they've gone through, they're a pitcher. They've gone through the, the lineup once they're a young pitcher. And now the batters know what's coming and mm -hmm. they need to be able to start to make adjustments. And I think we're starting to see that from both of them. It's not just their execution, Coaches need to put them in different positions and see what they can do and, you know, make those sorts of personnel adjustments. But when you look at both of those guys and their overall arc over the last six games, yeah. it gives you optimism, at least when it comes to those two guys for 2024. Yeah. I mean, listen, putting Pop Douglas on the three by one on, on the single side with three other receivers, that's that's a sign of trust right there, mm -hmm. right? That's you're not just going to put a, a guy that's singled out there just to just to be out there, right? I mean, that X receiver is, you know, your guy, right? That and you got to be responsible for those side adjustments. So, um, you know, that's that's a sign of growth in the offense that they that they wanted to see him out there, see what he can do. But to your point, right? Like, you know, he's obviously he has a lot of tools in his trade, but he's going to have to continue to add to those tools, right? Mm -hmm. Because now everyone's going to see him. Everyone's going to know, okay, Pop's going to be the guy that's going to be doing the jukes on the inside and the return routes and um, the crossers, keep him on the move. So, you know, right now with, with if you're game planning for this offense, you're game planning around their run game, right? The tight ends, if they're all healthy and Pop Douglas, right? I mean, he's the guy that everyone's kind of keen on on the inside. So, um, you know, he's just got to continue to grow as a football player. Uh, he's, he has all, he's got the, the physical capabilities. He's shown that, um, he can run, he's explosive. I think that his football IQ has to continue just to grow. And, and to be honest with you, New England, there's not a better place in, in the national football league to grow your football IQ. I learned more in New England, my, my three years there than I did for my entire time in, in playing football, you know, and, and Bill, and those guys there, the, that staff, the, they're the people to to help and continue to grow. One more thing about Pop before we move on here. I thought it was interesting. I talked to him after the game. He said Stefan Diggs came over to him uh, when things wrapped up and, and made a point to talk to him and shared a few notes. And I found that fascinating because, as you know, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty exclusive fraternity when, when you get to that level that yep. someone like Diggs would approach a rookie like Demario Douglas after a division game and just kind of give him tips and say, look, you know, keep doing what you're doing, keep grinding, you're heading in the right direction. Did you ever have a moment like that when you arrived in the league post game where you had a guy come up to you and say, Hey man, keep doing it. You're on the right track. I really like your game. I really like what you're doing. Yeah. That's it's a sign of respect, right? I mean, it's something that you can really, you, you can take that, home and be like wow you know people are noticing me that that's a that's a really good feeling um off the top of my head I can't really come up with anything specific I I do remember playing the Jets 
uh, my first year in New England, and we were it was like Monday night game, and and uh, you know Revis was playing for them, and yeah, you know, it was the tail end of his career, but you know when you play against these guys and they're starting to, they're not just out there talking shit to you the entire time, right? They're they're out there, they call you by your first name, they res- they kind of respect you. They're not just co- going out there and lining up and, and just saying, oh, like who is this guy? You know, like they know you by your name. They, they've studied you. They've done these sort of things. And that's just, that's not, that, that sign of respect is, is a, it's a really cool thing to gain, you know, in the national football league, especially from your opposing, you know, defensive player that you're going to be going against. Um, and when you're getting your guys best, best stuff, every single play, and they, they are kind of talking to you after the play too. Like, you know, that you've done some things in this league that you've, You've earned that, right? And um, that's great. And 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 I'm it's it's cool to see Stefan do those sort of things. You know, a guy that's obviously accomplished in this league and one of the better receivers in this league right now to kind of go up to a young guy, right? Because you know, like as as veteran guys, like we have a responsibility to to these younger players, to the younger generation, to kind of continue to make sure that this game continues to grow and give them encouragement, man. Like. Yeah, we're on opposite time, opposite sides, right? We we want to win football games, but at, at the same respect, man, like we want these guys. I want these guys to be successful, and and you know after the game, you know that that's not, that that kind of you know little tidbit here or little advice, you know, it goes a long way, especially for a young guy like that that's trying to make it in this league. All right, I, I feel optimistic about Pop Douglas going into twenty twenty four. I'd be curious to get your take here. Speaking of optimism, about the thing that everyone is talking about in New England at this point. I, I do this mailbag for the Boston Globe, and a bunch of people have asked me if Bill's going to be back. And I know we've talked about this before. I said this week, I said yes. I think there's been a recent surge in production. Look, it's not dramatic, but we're seeing results and fight from this team that maybe we didn't see in October or November. Uh, right. I, I think, as we said before, you know, Bill can point to the idea that 18 guys, I think it is, are on injured reserve. That's unprecedented for him since yeah. he's been head coach. And I I think also, too, that the fact that a lot of veteran players have publicly expressed their support for the coach. Uh, I, look, again, we've talked about this a handful of times over the last six weeks, but if you had to put a percentage on it, what percentage do you feel there is that the bill's going to return? in 2024 as we sit here today tuesday january 2nd i'm over 90 percent sure that he's going to come back that's my feel i get i've said this and i really believe it i don't see i i really don't see a world where he's coaching a different team i really think that i think mr Kraft. i think he owes it to bill to bring in some free agents to bring in somebody that can play quarterback that can, you know, let's bring in some, some talented free agent wide receivers. There's a lot of guys out there, man. I was going through the list this morning of of free agent wide receivers. There's a lot of guys out there. Now, listen, I don't, I'm not, I didn't go through the cap numbers and like what, you know, what we have to spend, but there's, there's some guys out there that we can go get, you know, that can really help this football team. And you put, you get a, a stud receiver. You get some guys that are surrounded, you know, surround Pop, right, who's just going to continue to grow. And I hope that he kind of takes even more leaps in, in 2024. 
Um, you know, you, you, you know, obviously you, you continue to establish your run game. You can't really, I want to just bring this defense back and get everyone healthy and see kind of what they're capable that they're able to do with everyone healthy, right? You get to get Christian back. So like, you know, do I want Bill to come back? Yeah, of course I do, man. I mean, he's, he's the only head coach that, you know, I see coaching for new England. Do I want them to really make a, a positive effort towards bringing in some talented guys and kind of seeing what happens when they do, when, when there isn't all this talk of, Oh, we don't have the talent. We don't have the players. Like, all right, well, let's go get the talent. Let's go get the players. And then let's see what happens. And if it doesn't, if things don't go well next season, then, you know, different conversation. And that percentage falls a little bit and maybe it's time to move on. But like, I just don't think that there's just been, We've done enough from a from a um, you know from a team standpoint of really from a franchise standpoint of bringing people in to play and to win football games. I think we've just been relying on our head coach, who's won so many football games over the course of his career, to kind of to just get these wins and that's just that's not the way it happens right bill's not out there playing on something so right? it's it's the other guys the other 53 guys that he's got to put out there so um you know it's going to be interesting offseason to, to say the least i you know the counterpoint to that is that bill is not just the head coach but the gm he's the uh, guy who's gone out and gotten those guys and so do you add another person to the mix do you take some of the personnel power away from him how would you go about maybe hitting the reset button in the front office, or at least from a management perspective going into 2024, or do you keep it the same? No, I think there can be some, I think that there should be a little bit of a change up there. I think that there's, it's time to, to, to switch it up a little bit. And we've talked about that earlier in the year as well. From an offensive perspective, you echoed the, the statements that Julian Edelman made that look, Bill needs a little help when it comes to kind of sifting through some offensive personnel. Yeah, I mean, there's so many players out there, but I, I do believe that as long as you're able to put a person in there that him and Bill and their their philosophies and, and the the type of player that they're bringing in, as long as that aligns and there's really that doesn't create this huge rift in the organization, then yeah, I, I really do believe that Bill could use a little bit of help in trying to and bring in players and manage contracts and do all this different stuff and take a little bit off of his plate take a little bit of that accountability and responsibility off of him and let him just continue to coach. And, and let's, let's see who we can bring in this off season. Let's see what type of players we can bring in. Let's see where we, what, like, where do we go with the quarterback position? Are we going to draft a guy? Or are we just, are we going to go into free agency? Are we going to try to pull, you know, a guy that's played well this season or, or, you know, that's an established quarterback, you know, what kind of competition are we creating in the off season? So like, I think there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of different possibilities. Um, I think giving Bill a little bit of help on the personnel, I think that I, I don't think you really can go wrong in, you know, in doing that. Let's say they have number four or five. Are you pushing all the chips to the middle of the table on a quarterback? I know earlier in the off, or yeah. earlier in the season, you said you wanted them to go for a wide receiver. Yeah. And now it's have so things hard. <laughs> To draft yeah. the quarterback and it's and it's look oh, and it's no. also it's it's january 2nd we we don't know a lot between now and draft there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come out yeah. between now and draft weekend 
whether you go in a direction, I don't think that they're going to have a shot at Caleb Williams, but maybe Drake May, maybe Jaden yeah. Daniels, Michael Penix Jr. from yeah. from the Washington Huskies uh, last night against Texas was phenomenal. Yeah. And I could certainly see him as a Bill Belichick type of player if they decided to go get him. Maybe, you know, not with a fifth pick, maybe a trade back a little bit. Who knows? But I, ultimately, I'm curious to get your take as to what direction they should go and if they should go for a free agent quarterback or if they should draft one, you know, I, my feeling is Bill likes to pick the apple off the tree as opposed to going to the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, listen, I think if, if you go quarterback, let's just talk about that. If you go to go quarterback in the draft, then your free agents that you're going to bring in have to be veteran guys. Mm -hmm. You got to, you have to build veteran leadership around a young quarterback. That's going to come into this league for the first time. And there's going to be a lot of, you know, all this hype and there's the expectations are going to be super high going into New England as it is for any other organization in the NFL. But you're not going to be able to surround this guy with a bunch of younger kids and or else we're just going to be in the same spot that we are this year. You know, I just I don't believe that that surrounding a rookie quarterback with, you know, first, second year players is really going to do us any good because. Um, you need that leadership. You need that veteran leadership throughout the season. And just to, to help a, a quarterback kind of make those big strides, you know, as soon as he gets into, you know, into the building. So I think if we go quarterback, you know, they got to be active in free, in free agency. And, you know, again, the free agent, I would love for them to be active in free agency regardless, right? We bring in some guys. Let's, let's bring in some excitement around this football team that we're that we're going out there and trying to bring in some top free agents. I don't think that on the I think it's primarily on the offensive side of the ball, but listen, you're gonna bring in a, a an, another good pass rusher or interior defensive line or uh you know maybe even in, in the cornerback position someone to kind of rival Christian and now you know we we got we got something there right so I think there's you know the possibilities you know, are endless. I just, I really think that they have to kind of figure out what, the, how they want to attack this off season and really break down their team and what free agents there are realistically of kind of landing. And then, you know, let's go. From there. Let me give you a scenario here. And if this was, I went back and forth with someone in the mailbag and, and I'd be curious to get your take on this guy because you played with him. Mm. You go out and you draft Michael Penix Jr. Okay. With a top, 10 pick maybe if they whatever wherever they end up landing they you know they yeah. take michael Penix jr they signed jacoby Brissett in free agency I, heard, I read something about that and then they have a quarterback room that includes Penix, Brissett, and bailey zappy mm -hmm. going into 2024 yeah. your thoughts because again i know you played with jacoby and and, and i know that you can look at him as a, as a as a teammate as opposed to just us from the outside yeah i mean um I love the idea of bringing someone back that's been in the organization, right? You, you, you know, throw Jimmy Garoppolo in there too, right? Like, guys, J Jacoby has done nothing but grow, right? And he's done nothing but gotten better from the day that he came into this league. I mean, I remember winning a football game with Jacoby in um, on, uh, I don't know, it was Thursday or Sunday night. We're playing Houston, and we ran the, the ball the Thursday night game. game yeah. The Thursday right? night like, game. But it was his first start. He's has not played a lick of football. You know, he was a rookie, 
really didn't know up from down, but he came in, he managed that game, made some plays, ran a t- ran like a 50 yard touchdown. And, you know, and like my, the respect that I gained, I know that a lot of guys will say the same thing about Jacoby that day in that game. I mean, goes, you know, without saying, right. And you, I've watched him over the course of his career. He's had his opportunities and he's stepped up and he's made the most of them. So he's an established guy. He keeps growing. And if he comes back to New England, he knows the system. He knows Bill. He knows how everything operates in that franchise. I think that's an awesome veteran guy to bring into a room if you were to draft someone to kind of help along the process as well as compete for a starting job, right? Um, so, like, that that scenario, if we were to draft a quarterback and then to bring in some guy that's a veteran guy that's that's been around the league for a little bit, maybe – you know, that's going to also come in there and not just want to be a backup, you know, because that's really not the type of competition you're looking for. You want someone to come in there and compete for a job regardless. You you draft a quarterback, well, then you're going to have to beat me out. You know, that's the type of attitude that, you know, you want your the next guy that you kind of bring into that room to be. I have nothing but good things to say about Jacoby Brissett in yeah. terms of just the way he approached the game, the way he dealt with us. Guy's one of the best in the league. He's had success, multiple stops, can run multiple offenses. To your point, I don't know if he would want to come in here and necessarily be a backup, but I could see right. him being a bridge guy to Penix. And again, if Penix's medicals all check out, we know the shoulders and the knees, you know, it's it's all been a problem over the course of his career. But I yeah. just think that's a, a a really intriguing thing. And we're going to have plenty of time yeah. to do draft stuff between yeah. now and then. Yeah. So I want to kind of hit the pause button there. And I want to go back to something that I'm real curious about the end of the season for a player, uh, what does that look like from a logistical perspective? I know that the day after the finale, playoffs, regular season, whatever, you guys are cleaning out your lockers. Is there an exit interview? Do you sit mm-hmm. down with Bill? Do you sit down with your position coach? How does that all work? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, typically, you sit down with with your position coach. Um, you know, if you're a free agent, Maybe you sit down with Bill. Um, you kind of just maybe just chat a little bit about kind of maybe where you're going, what your thoughts are, uh, what his thoughts are. Um, but typically, you sit down with your position coach. You kind of go over the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and say, "Hey, like you know, you're coming back next year. These are the things that we need to work on. These are the things that you did really well this year. This is kind of where we see you right now." And and um, you know, it's it's. You know, it's not a long, you know, drawn out interview. It's, you know, guys are after the season ends, you know, they kind of want to pack up and go their separate ways and get home to their families as, as quickly as possible. But um, you, the, the coaching staff definitely takes some time to kind of go sit down with each player, you know, talk to them a little bit, kind of see like what, what the goals are for next year. Um You know, guys that are definitely coming back, obviously we have a more of a vested interest in and be like, Hey, you know, Next year, we want to kind of want to see you progress a little bit more in this area of the game. And, you know, we want to see you get maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, you know, those sort of things. Um, so it's it's a, it's a quick, you know, quick interview. Everyone's pretty much in and out in, you know, five, ten minutes. Everyone, you know, schedules to meet with their position coach. And then you go about your, you go about your way. Um, but uh, it's definitely definitely something that I know all teams kind of take take the time to sit down and kind of just last, you know, this is the last communication really that we're going to have together until 
the off season starts in, in you know a few months. So um, you know, I know coaches like taking that time just to kind of talk about the players. You know, where are you going this off season? Where are you gonna be? Who are you training with? You know, take take the time to just cover all of those different things and uh you know, just you know talk about looking forward to next year. All right, last question for me before we wrap up. There is a belief that Sunday afternoon against the Jets will be Matthew Slater's final NFL game. He hasn't publicly announced it, but I think it's fair to say that this could be it for a guy who, in my mind, is a, a bona fide Hall of Famer, one of the greatest special teamers I've ever seen, continues to play at a very high level. You were a teammate of his for a long time, and you played against him for a long time. Do you have a favorite Matthew Slater story yeah, I mean, it gives me, uh, I get chills thinking about him being his last, last football game. Uh, Matt, Matthew was easily the the best teammate that I've ever been around. There, the, the stories that I have about him and, you know, it, it's, a lot of it is, is the same thing. I mean, he was a guy that was in the locker room that you could talk to. He was a guy that no matter if you had something going on in your family, if you had something going on outside of football, Matthew was a guy that I confided in, that I that I would go and speak to because he just his his overwhelming support of every single one of his teammates was, yeah, it, I mean it was incredible. Um, and he did that for everybody, man. I mean, rookie, veteran, new guy, old guy, coach. Um, he went out of his way to make sure that he was there for all of his teammates. And I was always blown away by um, the amount of time that he put into this football game, um, this team, this organization, the community. You know, he just – he was he was a pro. You know, and like you definition of being a professional athlete, like Matthew Slater should be in that definition because when he was in the building, he did everything and anything possible to make sure that he was out there on the football field. And he has just done it. I mean, a guy that I envied for a long time because I was a special teamer when I was in Buffalo and I got to watch this guy. And, you know, if you want to be a special teamer, you're watching Matthew Slater film, right? And they're going to be watching Matthew Slater film for decades, right? You want to be Gunner? Check out this guy's film, right? You want to be a you know on the kickoff line? You want uh, or a guy that's just going to be just dis disruptive as hell and be the one guy like, hey, we got to know where eighteen is on the kickoff, no matter where he is, because this guy's going to be running down like a bat out of hell, and he is going to make plays, and if he's not accounted for, he's going to screw up our entire kickoff return. Those. I mean that that guy. Um, I don't think enough enough can be said about him as a teammate and as a friend. You know, I think the National Football League is funny in that way, where you know, a lot of times you you might not walk away from this league with a lot of friends, right? Just because you know seasons are really short. They, you kind of go your separate ways after the season. Everyone's kind of all over the place. They have their own families and everything. I can call him, I can call him Frank, like without a doubt. I could pick up the phone today, call him, talk to him like we were together last week, you know? And uh, 
I think that's a pretty unique and special thing. And, and I know that every single guy that he's played with on that book, on that team and in the organization probably feels the same way. Uh, so they're going to be, if, if this week is, is definitely his last football game ever, there's going to be so much support from people that have played with him and they're just teammates, you know, guys that he's played against. I mean, the amount of respect that that guy has across the, you know, across the National Football League is, uh, it's overwhelming. And uh, it'll, you know, I'll, I'll feel some sort of way if he's going to be walking off the field for the first time or for the last time, you know, but uh, man, that guy's had such an incredible career. We could do 45 minutes on Slater alone. So, man, we could talk. Really good. I I just, I I go back to, and this is the last thing I'll say on this is that I go back to a phrase that the Jelani Tabai had earlier this year, where he committed a special teams penalty and he came off the field and he said, I couldn't look at Slater. Not, not the coaches or not bill or other players. He's like, I couldn't bring myself to look at Slater. And I think that for me defines the level of respect that he has uh, really across the board. But Chris Hogan, Thank you very, very much for your time, my friend. Uh, We will talk again next week, the first podcast of the offseason. This Sunday, we have Patriots-Jets. Sunday at 1, the regular season finale for both teams. I think it should be very interesting, and I think we're going to have a lot to talk about come next week. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One more reminder, this episode of the Patriots Report has been brought to you by Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and the people at Bet Online. With NFL Bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays, BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the -the up-to-the-second odds, news, and information. BetOnline has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.